uh, into the people that you have called us to be. Uh, God, we love you. We thank you so much for loving us first. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your Spirit. Amen. You may have a seat. It's good to see everyone this morning. If you have your Bibles, uh, turn with me to James chapter 1. A few weeks ago, we started a series uh, walking through uh, the book of James. We called it Living Faith. We said that the book of James uh, is a highly practical book. It's not primarily a book written to an audience about how to become a Christian, but how to live as a Christian. Uh, We call the series Living Faith because we believe that when we trust Jesus and we follow Christ, that it it makes a difference in how we live. God changes us uh, from the inside out. And so uh, faith isn't just some idea out there where we sit back and we go, oh yeah, I believe that. It's something that changes us. And so we call the series uh, Living a Faith because faith matters. It makes a difference um, on the ground as we live life. The book of James has 108 verses. Uh, We didn't count them. We just kind of took it by faith that that was an accurate number. I believe that it is. If it's not, someone please tell me. Uh, About 54 of those verses are what are called imperatives. An imperative is a command. It is something that we are called uh, to do. James chapter 1 introduces what really are 12 teaching units that we read uh, throughout the book. Uh, The book of James um, that uh, we're going to read through over the next many weeks uh, is a grassroots, boots-on-the-ground kind of book. I think what you're going to find as we walk through it together is a particular way of life that God has called us uh, to live as Christians. But interestingly enough, um, the passage that we're going to read this morning is actually a little different. Uh, One author called the book of James the bossiest book in all the Bible. I like that, the bossiest book in all of the Bible. And yet our passage this morning uh, isn't so much a bossy passage as much as it is a passage pointing us uh, to uh, the boss. The book of James was written to a scattered church. Uh, They were a people who were far from home, uh, scattered about. I don't know if you've ever had an experience before where you've been far from home uh, and you've wanted to get back home, Uh, but that was what the audience that James wrote to uh, was facing. It it wasn't just that they were uh, a few hundred miles from home, but uh, their homeland had been conquered by uh, by a foreign nation, And all that they knew and all that they loved, they no longer experienced. I've never had this experience before. Probably the closest thing that I've come to it is when I've been been able to travel to different countries, whether it's Colombia or Cuba or China. And usually there is this moment uh, when I am away from home. It usually happens after a few days uh, where I realize uh, that people are speaking a different language. And I don't know what they're saying. Uh, And and I can tell that maybe their way of life or their culture is different than my own. And it it strikes me oftentimes in that moment that I am far from home. Like I'm at a place and I want to go back to that place. Well, that in some ways is what the audience James wrote was facing. They were far from home. And so uh, he writes them to encourage them, but also uh, to challenge them. He begins in James chapter 1. Uh, verse 16, and says to them, Do not be deceived, 
my brothers. Do not be deceived, my brothers. Some people debate whether or not that phrase is connected to the previous verses, uh, meaning that James reminds his audience that we are tempted uh, in life, not by God, but we are lured away and enticed by our own desires. And some people say that this phrase, do not be deceived, my brothers, is connected to that. In other words, don't forget that God is not tempting you in life. Instead, be reminded and challenged that we are, are tempted uh, when we pursue or chase after our own desires. Or it's possible that that little phrase is connected to the verses that we're going to read together this morning. This idea that God is a good God and gives good gifts to His kids. Regardless of how you view the phrase, it seems like it is a hinge phrase that connects those two ideas. And so James continues a writing to the church in James chapter 1, verse 17, and says this, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will He brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of firstfruits of His creatures. Uh, First, James reminds the audience that God is a giving God. God is a giving God. Do you know that this morning? Do you know that God is a generous and a giving God uh, toward you and toward me? Here, James asserts uh, that, that, that God is perfect and everything that comes from God, all of His gifts, are perfect gifts or complete gifts. God is intrinsically good. He's intrinsically good and He's comprehensively good. Everything about God is good. In other words, there is no evil in Him. I was reminded of Jesus' words on the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 7, verse 11, when He writes, If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask Him? God is good and He is a giving God, and God gives good gifts to His kids. Uh, Melissa, uh, my wife, my dear wife, comes from a larger family uh, than I do, and I noticed uh, early on that there was a difference uh, between how we celebrated Christmas, just as as a large family, and how I was used to celebrating Christmas growing up. Uh, When our children were all younger and we would get together as a family, there were about 87 children under the age of six. It's a rough estimate. That's what it felt like. And we would gather together in the living room and we would look at uh, the Christmas tree. And underneath the Christmas tree, it looked like the Grinch had robbed Whoville and put all of the presents under the tree. I mean, I mean, they were all over the place. And if you've been in this situation, uh, there's a couple different ways that you can operate. Uh, one is to hand out all of the presents right, to all of the children, uh, and they open them up all at once, or you can go kind of like one by one. You go over to the tree, and you're like, oh, Amelia, this present is for you. And then everybody gets one present, and, and you wait as everyone opens the present, and then by the time everyone is done, it's a different holiday. Right? So we, we chose 
trial and error not to do that. We, we try to do it a different way uh, where, where maybe everyone gets some presents and it's just mass chaos, right? And, and it's wrapping paper carnage all over the place. Um, the problem with doing that is oftentimes children will start opening presents. They see their name on it. They don't know who it's from. They open it up and they're like, oh boy, and they set it aside and they grab the next one. And then they just repeat the process. And as a parent, you want to make sure your children stop and say thank you for the gift that they have received. Oftentimes you'll stop your children and you'll say, who gave that to you? Who is it from? And they'll say, I don't know. And they'll just start opening the next one. I don't know about you, but I have a tendency sometimes with the Lord uh, to be a forgetful child. And I receive the gift from God. I enjoy it for a moment. And then I'm on to the next one. And I don't stop and, and pause and say, Lord, thank You. Lord, thank You. James says that, that every uh, good and perfect gift is from above. Every, every gift uh, that you have received in life is a gift from God. Man, I'm, I'm looking out here. I know a lot of you. This is a sharp group. This is a sharp group. Your, your minds, your minds are a gift from God. I look out here this morning and, and I, I see all, all the talents and all the ability of that, that God has given to each and every person who is here uh, this morning. Your gift, your talent, your ability. That is a gift from God. Your, your strength your heart, your mind, everything, everything is from the Lord. Our ability to move, to get out of bed in the morning, to eat good food, uh, to take an enjoyable vacation, uh, to walk a trail, to sit on the beach, to watch or play a game, to rest, to sleep, to do anything is a gift from the Lord. In the West, we love celebrating the self-made man. That is not a biblical concept. There is the God-made man and the God-made woman. But there is no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made woman. Everything that we have in life has been given to us by God. Not only is God a giving God, but all of God's gifts are good. All of God's gifts are good. It's not easy in life to find the perfect gift, is it? I mean, Brandon talked earlier about the perfect gift for, for dads on Father's Day. That may be true. Uh, but it's not easy to find uh, the perfect gift. I say that knowing full well that it's maybe a little easier now uh, than it was before because we have this thing called Amazon wish list which I think our wives invented, right, to give to their husbands, to say, this is really what I want. Uh, my daughter uh, will create an Amazon wish list for Christmas, and then Christmas comes, and her birthday's in February, and so it's close. And she mentioned just the other week, I love my Amazon wish list, because sometimes it's hard to remember everything that I want right after Christmas. And Melissa said, yeah, it's good that you have an opportunity to work on your list 
all year round. Right? We, we love creating the list. This is what I want. This is the perfect gift. If you just would give me this, I would be happy. Uh, do you know that God always gives uh, the perfect gift? He never misses the mark. You ever missed a mark with a gift before? When I was a little kid, my aunt and uncle were notorious for getting my grandfather gifts that he would always return. I mean, always. I can't remember him keeping one gift. It wasn't because he was a picky man. They just missed the mark. One year in particular, when I was a little guy, they got my grandfather cross-country skis. They did. I think he was like 117 years old. I'm like, my aunt and uncle should have got him skinny jeans. Like, he would have got just as much use out of them. I'm like, what are you, he's not going to use the cross-country skis. Like, what are you thinking? It's not easy to give the perfect gift, but, but God always, He always gives His kids perfect gifts. He gives us what we need uh, and when uh, we need it. And do you believe that God is the giver of good gifts? And do you believe that all of God's gifts uh, to his children are perfect. Like I, I know we know we're supposed to say, well, yes, of course. I know God's good, and I know God gives perfect gifts. But, but think for a minute about the audience uh, that James is writing to. James is writing to a persecuted audience. Things are not going well for them. Do you ever have that moment in your house where everything goes sideways? Like you hear the doorbell ring, the dog starts to bark, the kids start to fight, the pot starts to boil over, and then your phone rings, and you pick it up and your friend goes, is now a good time? And you think, no. No, it's not a good time. Like for James's audience, it would not be a good time. They were experiencing trials of various kinds. Life wasn't easy. Metaphorically, they're getting punched by life. And, and so James writes to them in that moment and says, remember, God is the giver of, of good gifts. God is the giver of good gifts. Don't, don't forget Church family, don't forget when life doesn't go as planned, when things don't work out the way that you want them to, that, that, that God is still the giver of good and perfect gifts. Verse 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no a variation or shadow due to change. Uh, God does not change. In other words, God, God doesn't Stop giving good gifts to his kids. He's not a confused husband who occasionally knocks it out of the park with a trip to the beach one year, but then the next year gives his wife the ninja blender. That doesn't happen with the Lord. I love what one author writes. He says, Every gift from above is perfect because the perfect goodness of God is uh, because the uh, because of the perfect goodness of God, the giver who is beautifully described in the phrase, the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. This means that God fathered the lights of the universe 
giving birth to each of its ten octillion stars in their individual brightness, ordering them in their distinctive constellations, and framing the physical laws that keep them on their courses, as well as ordering and sustaining the suns and planets and moons of the solar system, all of which exist in such perfection that He pronounced them good. God created it all and He gave it all as a good gift. John says that God is light and in Him there is no darkness at all. There is only goodness in God. And that never changes. A story is told of an old music teacher who was once asked in his greeting, hey, what's the good news today? And the old man, without saying a word, walked across the room, picked up a tuning fork, and he struck it. As the note sounded, he said, that is an A. It is an A today. It was an A 5,000 years ago. And it will be an A 10,000 years from now. The soprano upstairs sings off-key. The tenor across the hall is out of tune. And then he struck the note again and said, That is an A, my friend. And that's the good news today. In a world that's constantly changing, constantly changing, God does not change. His character does not change. What He has been, He will always be. And that is good news. I don't know about you, but I long sometimes for a world that doesn't change. I remember an old friend that I had about 15 years ago at a a previous church uh, said to me, James, I I like to think of myself as kind of a forward, uh, forward thinking person. I like to think and believe that I'm open to change and that I welcome change. He said, but I got to be honest with you. Uh, the older I get, the older I get, uh, the less I want to change. And the less I want the world around me to change. The world changes uh, all the time, but God uh, does not. God is a giving God. He is a generous God to His kids. All of God's gifts are always unchangeably good. So what are the gifts that God gives? What are the gifts that God gives to His kids? You ever stop to think about it? We talk about the fact that God's a giver of good gifts. What are the gifts? Well, James tells us, verse 17, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth, uh, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creation. We can think of the gifts of God broadly, uh, and we can think of them specifically. Broadly speaking, God's gifts are all around us. We mentioned a few of them earlier. Uh, a good meal, a good meal with friends or with family. Good food. And that's a gift from the Lord. W- waking up in the morning and being able to step outside when it's still below 90 degrees, walk a little trail. That's a gift from God. 
at the end of the day to walk outside and to see the sunset in the distance, to see how the, the colors have changed before you. That's a gift from God. A warm cup of coffee, time spent with a friend, they're gifts from God. Uh, last night I had the opportunity to go to Amelia's uh, dance recital. If you've never had an opportunity to go to a three-hour dance recital, I had fun. I had fun. I was sitting there in the third row watching my little girl wear one of the 27 costumes that we purchased for her. And she had a big smile on her face. And uh, she just lit up when she was dancing on stage. And I thought, um, she is a gift from God. And that's a gift from God. I looked around, and I saw the Carters, and I saw the Warrens, and it just, it just struck me that in my life, that God has surrounded me with, with good folks, like good friends, brothers and sisters to lock arms with and do life with. And I thought, what a, what a gift from God. When, when James talks about every good and perfect gift is from above, I think you could take that to mean generally there are gifts that you and I experience every day of our lives right before us if we open our eyes. But James is specifically uh, talking about here uh, the gift of spiritual life uh, that God has given to us. Look at verse 18. I was struck by this uh, the other week and, and this week as I thought about it. Verse 18, of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth uh, that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. I've read this verse countless times. But you've probably read it countless times too. It's one of those verses, honestly, that I just I read and I scan over it, I gloss over it, and I go, oh, that's... That's kind of neat. But, but this week I was just I was thinking about it and I was just, just trying to unpack each and every phrase uh, that James wrote in that verse. I mean, think about it. Of His own will, He brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of His creatures. James is saying that the God of the universe has given us spiritual life. He's given us spiritual life. Who did the saving? Who did the saving? Of His own will. God did. God, we, we were dead in our trespasses and sins and God made us alive. James writes to the church and says, remember, every good and perfect gift is from a God. From God. Don't forget the spiritual life that God has breathed into you of His own will. What did He do? He, he brought us forth. We were uninterested in the things of God. We, we didn't want anything to do with God. Scripture tells us that we were enemies. We were enemies. We turned our backs on God. We were spiritually dead. 
And, and God, in His kindness, and in His grace, and in His mercy, He brought us forth. He gave us spiritual life. How did God do that? How did He do it? James tells us. He brought us forth by the Word of truth. It's one of the reasons as a church that we say we want to point people to Jesus by encountering the life-transforming power of the Word of God. It's one of the reasons as a church family that we open up God's Word and, and, and say to ourselves, God, what are you saying to us? What have you said to your people throughout all of eternity? What are you saying to us today? Because we believe that when we encounter God's Word, He uses it to change us forever. I tell people all the time, like I'm not smart enough to stand in front of you for 30 minutes and talk. I'm not. I'm not creative enough to do that. But God's given us His living Word. James is writing to the church and, and says to them, out of God's will, He brought us forth by the Word of truth. Why? Why did God do it? James tells us, so that we should be a kind of first fruits of all His creatures. Uh, when the harvest was first gathered, oftentimes uh, whoever was gathering the harvest would set aside a portion uh, of the harvest for a gift. It was the, it was the first fruits of the harvest. They, they received the harvest, they took in the harvest, but then initially they set some aside and they're like, this is, this is for the Lord. Right? Well, God has done the same thing with the people. Where He's called the people, He's brought us forth for the first fruits and said, you are mine. Like, I'm, I'm setting you aside for me. Man, what a, what a powerful and a beautiful uh, picture. God, God still uh, does that today. He still does it today. If you're here this morning and you're thinking to yourself, but what are, what are the good gifts that God's given to me? I want you to know if you're a son or daughter of the one true king, the greatest gift that God could ever give to you is the gift of himself. And he did it in his son Jesus. But he gave you spiritual life. Always go back to that. Three things I want us to remember this morning. Just three things. Remember that God is a good father. In fact, he is a perfect father. Next Sunday is Father's Day. We honor, we celebrate dads. I always tell people, I'll say it again next week, there are zero, zero perfect earthly fathers on the planet. Zero. Best of men are men at best. But God is a perfect father. And I want you to remember that and I want you to tuck it away because I can almost guarantee that there will be a point in time in your life when things do not go as planned. When the wonderful plan and the beautiful plan that you have for your life takes a detour. And you will be tempted, you will be tempted in that moment to ask the question, is God really good? Because I don't know if I signed up for this. And I want you to remember that, that God is unchangeably good. He's unchangeably good and He is good uh, to you. Secondly, remember that God is a good Father and that God 
uh, is good toward you. God, God is good, but God is also good toward you. Not, not only the person sitting next to you, not, not only to the person that you look at and go, well, she's highly favored and loved, or must be nice to walk in his shoes. No, no God is good uh, toward you. God, God loves you. God doesn't tolerate you. He doesn't tolerate you. He doesn't look at you and think, gosh, she cannot get her act together. But fine, welcome to the family. God doesn't do that. He doesn't, he doesn't look at you who may be wrestling or struggling or battling with the same thing that you were wrestling with or struggling with or battling with a week ago or a year ago or ten years ago and go, Phew. Haven't we had this conversation? How many times do I have to tell you? God, God doesn't view his kids that way. God, God sings over his kids. He doesn't tolerate them. He loves them. God is good toward you. And third, remember that God uh, is the hero of your story. God is the hero of your story. We love because he first loved us. We follow because he called. We believe uh, because he gave us faith. The Christian life is not primarily a self-improvement project. It's not a never-ending, get-your-act-together activity. Instead, it is a pursuit of the one who acted on our uh, behalf. This is the good news of the gospel. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. I love this passage because, like I said, the book of James is full, full, full of commands, of things that we should do. And they're not bad things, they're good things. They're things that God has called us to do as followers of Jesus. But tucked away in this book of commands is this, this little reminder in, in, in James uh, chapter 1, verses 16, 17, and 18, to remember, remember, remember the goodness of God. Remember the goodness of God. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, uh, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. I wonder this morning as we bow in prayer if, if you wouldn't just take a moment uh, and remember that each and every gift that you have ever received and ever will receive is from the good hand of an unchangeable God. Uh, would you just right now, I'm just going to invite us to pray and just quietly in your seat, uh, give God thanks. Uh, every tag that you've ever received on a gift where it says from, His name is next to it. So give them thanks this morning. Would you pray with me?
God, we give you uh, thanks this morning for uh, your goodness and the kindness that you have shown to us as your people. I uh, thank you for the common graces that we experience each and every day. Uh, thanks for getting us out of bed. Uh, thanks for uh, breathing life into us. Thank you for allowing us to enjoy uh, the world that you created, to be able to step outside and to see your uh, artistic ability and creativity, uh, knowing that that has come from your good hand. Uh, thank you for all of the experiences that we have each and every day that, that point us to uh, your goodness, the ability to taste good food, to be uh, with good friends, to enjoy uh, the life that you have given to us. We are incredibly grateful. But God, thank you most of all this morning for the gift of life, uh, new birth, new life that you've given to us uh, through and by your son Jesus. We are incredibly humbled and grateful for the life that is ours in him. And we give you thanks and praise your good name this morning. God, we love you. We pray these things in Jesus' name and by your spirit.